KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, July 24th. The latest in a civil case against a former SDSU football player accused of rape. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. An almost three-year effort to help tens of thousands of displaced Afghans gain residency in the U.S. has new life in Washington, D.C. A bipartisan group of senators want to tie the Afghan Adjustment Act to next year's defense bill. Senator Amy Klobuchar implored her colleagues to support the bill in a speech from the Senate floor last week. This bill does right by Afghans who worked alongside our troops and shows the world that the United States of America, when we make a promise, we keep it. First introduced in 2022, the bill failed to gain majority support over Republican opposition. Westfield has sold both its Mission Valley shopping centers to separate buyers for a combined $290 million. The announcement came two days after the San Diego City Council approved Mission Valley West to be zoned for mixed use, allowing for housing to be added. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, the Mission Valley West Center was purchased by Sunbelt Investment Holding, Inc., while investors Lowe and Real Capital Solutions acquired the larger Mission Valley East Mall. Lowe said it plans on remaking the mall into a mixed-use property with housing. The English Premier Soccer League Manchester United will be playing in the U.S. tomorrow for the first time in five years, and they'll be playing right here in San Diego. Manchester United, sometimes referred to as Man U, will be playing against the Welsh team Wrexham at Snapdragon Stadium. If you want to go cheer on the international teams, tickets for the game are still available. They range from close to $90 to over $200. The game starts at 7.30 p.m. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. The hearing continues in a civil case against former SDSU football star Matt Adisa. At the center of Friday's arguments were videos of the alleged rape at a house party near the SDSU campus. Reporter Alexander Wynn has the latest. In court, Matt Adisa's attorney says this is about fairness. Attorney Dixon Merchian says if this were a criminal trial, those videos would definitely be available for Arise's defense. He says they should be available for Arise's civil defense as well because the facts of the case are essentially the same. Those videos are they're, they're the best evidence in this case as to whether there was assault, whether there was intoxication. Ariza, along with four other former San Diego State football players, are accused in a civil lawsuit of raping a then 17-year-old girl at a house party near the SDSU campus on October 2021. 
police obtained the videos of the alleged assault during their criminal investigation. The attorney for the young woman said because the clips were from the alleged attacker's point of view and only showed the young woman, they have no value for the defense. San Diego Superior Court Judge Matthew Branner says he will issue a ruling in two weeks on whether they can be released and entered into evidence. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. A valuable swath of land in Proctor Valley could be getting closer to long-term protection. That's thanks in part to a provision in last week's legal settlement over the nation's border wall project. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. A parcel of land between the federally protected San Diego National Wildlife Refuge and the state-protected Rancho Hamul Ecological Reserve is on a path to getting permanent protections. The Chaparral Lands Conservancy's David Hogan says the land sits in Proctor Valley next to Chula Vista. That private property that was planned for just another awful sprawl development east of Chula Vista, if that land is protected, it protects the absolute core of that natural landscape. Eighteen states and two environmental organizations agreed to settle their challenge over how the wall construction was funded. That agreement included several concessions to account for the ecological damage caused by the wall, including $25 million to help buy the property known as Otai Village Ranch 14. The Endangered Habitat League's Dan Silver says that's a major step toward the property's roughly $60 million purchase price. You're never going to get all the money from one source. You have to go to different sources. So we looked at different state sources, federal sources, even private parties, you know, individuals who might want to donate. The Nature Conservancy is leading talks to buy the property. They say the money is encouraging, but the group isn't interested in discussing the deal until it's finalized. That could happen next year. Center for Biological Diversity's Peter Broderick says plans to build a housing development on the property were snuffed out by the courts over concerns about wildfires. About 95 percent of California's wildfires are started by humans. And so when you locate new people and new development to uh, undeveloped areas that are prone to wildfire, you create new risks. And that's what was going on here. The land is considered critical habitat for golden eagles, the rare Kino checker spot butterfly, and vernal pools, which are home to several endangered species. If the purchase goes through, the land would likely become part of either the federal or state reserve. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. After two years of work, the city of Oceanside held a ribbon-cutting ceremony late last week for their first homeless shelter. North County reporter Tanya Thorne was there for a first look. Local, county, and state officials gathered for the opening of Oceanside's first homeless shelter. The property underwent a $7 million renovation to transform the former school grounds into a 50-bed shelter. Donnie D. is the head of the San Diego Rescue Mission, the organization contracted by the city to run the shelter's program. You're going to walk up those steps, you're going to feel like, I got a chance. This is not a tent. This is not a parking lot. This is a place where you're going to get a lot of care, uh, a lot of love, a lot of kindness, and we're going to help you figure out your stuff. D. says the shelter will begin to welcome people experiencing homelessness in two weeks. The San Diego Rescue Mission will run the shelter for a year before considering expanding it to 100 beds. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. 
There are currently around 2,200 children in foster care in the county. Reporter Melissa May introduces us to a volunteer advocate who supports these vulnerable children in court and life. Court-appointed special advocates, better known as CASAs, are volunteers who are consistently present in the life of a foster child and support them in school and the child welfare system. Sometimes it's just going out and getting something to eat and talking, and, uh, and that's enough. You know, they, they appreciate that time. Marine veteran Jose Contreras has been a CASA volunteer for five years and helped five foster youth so far. I didn't really plan on being so much a role model, but really that's what you end up being because you are the, the one person that's there one-on-one -on -one with them uh, regularly, and they do start to look up to you. About half of foster youth in San Diego County have CASA volunteers or case liaisons. Voices for Children says foster children with CASA volunteers are half as likely as their peers without CASAs to re-enter the child welfare system. Melissa May, KPBS News. Voices for Children is a broadcast sponsor of KPBS. Coming up, what does public art have to do with sewage? Yeah, we may be dealing with but somebody else can look at this and find something beautiful in it. We'll have that story just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. For the latest installment in KPBS's series on public art, Investigative reporter Scott Rod explores San Diego's surprisingly aesthetic wastewater system where he found even the most unusual parts of the city are flush with art. San Diego is home to a world-class public art scene. Colorful murals stretching across entire building sides, soaring sculptures celebrating the city's heritage. But there's a whole world of public art that thrives along the bowels of America's finest city. You have to look at something on the toilet, and so it's nice to have something to look at. Artist Shinpei Takeda stands beside a public bathroom in Ocean Beach. The city of San Diego commissioned him to transform the restroom ceiling back in 2012. The piece is titled, My Memory on Top of Your Memory. It features quotes from famous authors, whose names appear on nearby street signs, layered over excerpts from local news stories. Takeda says a public bathroom is an excellent canvas for public expression. If art is something that makes us think, something that makes us reflect, I think it can be anywhere. And where else better to do it when you're, you know, doing a most biological business? <laughs> Takeda's piece is our starting point as we explore the artwork sprinkling San Diego's sewage system. About a mile north is another piece, funded by the city's Arts Commission, on a public restroom. The work, titled Pixelated Summer, is a collage of photo tiles capturing the frenetic joy of nearby Belmont Park and the summer serenity of Mission Beach. Jacob Bishop just wrapped up a morning of metal detecting when he stopped to consider the artwork. It gives a little bit of style, which is what we have here, San Diego. It just adds a little bit of a 
peacefulness, I think. When you flush at these beach bathrooms, the water flows first to a pump station near the San Diego airport. Pump stations help sewage reach treatment plants, and nearly half a dozen of them, from South Bay to Mission Trails Regional Park, feature public art. From the pump station, our effluent expedition continues to the Point Loma wastewater treatment plant. Yeah, we may be dealing with shit, but somebody else can look at this and find something beautiful in it. Richard Turner is a prolific public artist. He produced several pieces on the outside of the Point Loma plant, including a series of abstract metal sculptures and an interactive section of pipe. The exact kind of pipe the plant uses to safely discharge treated wastewater, about 150 million gallons a day, into the ocean. I thought, here I've got an opportunity to actually bring visitors inside the technology of the plant itself. Turner has artwork on five wastewater treatment facilities in California, including two in San Diego. In addition to the Point Loma facility, Turner left his mark on the Metro Biosolid Center in Kearney Mesa. The center processes treated sludge from Point Loma. The artwork starts at the front gate, continues in the lobby, and spreads throughout the main administrative building. People see it and they ask questions. When I tell them what it is, it's, they find it very interesting. Richard Pitchford is the superintendent at the Metro Biosolid Center. He says the artwork forces visitors to ponder the complex process that happens after they use the bathroom. You know, you flush it, it's gone. I don't have to deal with it anymore. When we deal with it on the other end, and it's, it's actually a fascinating industry. The dung beetle is a recurring motif throughout the installation. The bug eats animal droppings and then recycles nutrients back into the ecosystem. It's a perfect metaphor for the biosolid center, which turns semi-processed sludge into fertilizer cakes used to grow non-edible crops. Pitchford says one of his favorite pieces is a series of little floating, well, logs on one of the hallway walls. They start out a brownish clay color and then slowly turn to a shimmering gold. I probably walked by it several times before I really figured out, oh, this is what it's representing that you can start out with something that's basically somebody's waste, and by the end of the process, it is worth something. In the end, I suppose that's what all this bathroom art is about, finding meaning and value where you least expect it. Some food for thought the next time you hit the head. Scott Rod, KPBS News. And before you go, in last Thursday's podcast episode, we had the wrong date for Chula Vista Summer Vet Fest. The event is on August 5th. We apologize for the error. Some of the services that will be offered at the resource fair include VA healthcare enrollment, toxic exposure screening, and VA compensation and pension. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top local stories. Plus, we hear from an artist who believes his work was removed from the San Diego International Airport because it questioned the value of the military's presence locally. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.